Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the on a Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shimanoff. As always, welcome by the one and only Angel Ortega. We do have a packed lineup today. We also got UC Vegas 59 and the tough finale to go over. UC San Diego to preview. Beltor 284 going down this Friday. And then a whole bunch of MMA and boxing news that broke since the last time we talked to you guys. Uh, as always, we're brought to you by Rogue Energy. If you want 10% off your order at RogueEnergy.com, Use your code SOUNDOFF at checkout. Let's go with SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs. But a fantastic sponsor of the show for a long time. Go show them some love. Go get yourself something. Get somebody you love something. RogueEnergy.com. Code SOUNDOFF. Last Saturday night from UC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. UC Vegas 59, also known as the Ultimate Fighter Season 30 finale. Uh, no other way to put it, just... I mean, on paper, dude, like, everybody says, like, it's the cards that are the worst ones that turn out the best. And it's kind of, like, cliche at times, and I feel like a lot of time it does not come true. Fuck me, man. This one, <laughs> this one, I, I did like a lot of the fights on here, but I did not expect it to go as well as it did. We had nine fights and nine finishes, Angel. So, uh, actually, I believe it could be, is that ten fights? Regardless, every single fight ended in a finish. Every single one. Only the second time in UC history that's happened... The first was back in, I believe, 2014, uh, in Bisping and Rockhold when they fought in Australia. So, yeah, man, uh, absolutely insane. Yeah, 10 finishes and 10 bouts. It's the only one, along with Rockhold, Bisping, in November 2014. Uh, so we'll go ahead and hit it off on the main event, man. Uh, Jamal Hill, Tiago Santos. Jamal Hill trying to continue his ascent up the light heavyweight rankings, and he does with a fourth-round finish. Tiago Santos, man, like, we've had a couple of fights here now. I believe he's lost five of six or four or five, something along those lines. In a lot of those fights, we have not really seen him. We haven't seen the dog come out of him. We've not seen any really too many flashes of the beyond, like, probably the Glover fight of the old Tiago Santos. This one, the old Tiago Santos was in there, man. He was a fucking dog. He was throwing huge shots. He's even mixing in the takedowns and the grappling. But in the end... Still, Jamal Hill, the young line, it was too much, gets the fourth-round knockout. Give me your take on this fight, my man, and give me your take on Jamal Hill's future at 205 pounds. Jamal Hill has done it, Josh. I don't know when it was, but it was a, a little while back, maybe a year, year and a half ago. We had a conversation on this show. I don't, I don't know if it was – it might have been around the OSP fight or early on. We, we were kind of like – this. We're, we're trying to figure out where he's at. You know, We didn't know exactly his level yet. We're seeing his level, man. We're seeing how good he is. Jimmy Crew, Johnny Walker, Thiago Santos. I mean, that is an impressive three right there. Obviously, he got caught by Paul Craig in his submission, but that was really the Paul Craig run, man. You know, looking the back run. at it. Look, and hide, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and hide the Looking back at it, it wasn't bad. It also was an injury. And who knows how the fight would have played out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless, though, now he breaks into the, what is he now, top five? Or is he going to be in the ranking? Uh, I believe he'll be six because Santos is six. Just outside, uh, it was impressive, man. He had to fight through some adversity in there because he was getting hit, and they were both slinging kind of wildly at one point. You know, <laughs> they were both winging shots. They were throwing with a little bit of everything. They were both tired, and his eye was swelling up. You could see there was some difficulties going into those later rounds, and uh, 
in the end, though, dude, he gets the finish versus Thiago Santos. I like when someone's, you know, obviously a lot plays into it, but someone said, you know, he did what John Jones failed to do. He finished Thiago Santos. That's true. He did. And, um, yeah, Jamal Hillman, he's a guy that I'll be honest, like, I have never uh, – there have been times where, like, I'm like, oh, man, this kid, and I say kid, he's 31 years old, but I'm like, this kid is just, I mean, he could be the future. He could be a future champion. And there are other times where it's just, like, he just doesn't really click for me. During during his three-fight winning streak that we've seen where he knocked out Walker and Crew and now and now it's Thiago, this kid, man, I think this kid's going to be a future champion someday. I'm going to go ahead and say, man, this kid is just a savage in there. And not everybody um, – well, I mean, not everybody can get Tiago Santos in, out of there. Even this this kind of shop worn version of Tiago is still a dog. It's still hard to get out of there, you know. And um, he Jamal Hill took some huge shots, man. Especially a couple of those moments that ended up getting fight of the night for a good reason, man. Some of those moments where they're both just standing in the pocket, winging shots. Probably not the best thing for the future for Jamal Hill. Normally, he's a very tactical guy. But, dude, on this night, he was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to stand out and bang it out with this guy. And uh, not too many people walk through a war with Tiago Santos to come out on the other end victorious. So, um, yeah, man, Jamal Hill, just a, a new contender at light heavyweight. Um, this division right now is in a bit of a log jam. In, um, yeah. Well, not even a bit. A really, really bad log jam. What do you think uh, they're going to um, do? Because uh, Smith you know, and Rochich are both out, yeah. four and five. Uncle Ive yeah. just fought. Bohovich is available, and then we have a potential yearly lover rematch. What here's what I expect them to do, and it's not what I, I mean, it's not what I would do, but what I expect them to do, and I think I think we're going to see Glover and Yuri rematch, possibly somewhere like MSG or something. I don't know. Uh, we're going to have Jan fight Magomed Ankalaev, and then Jamal Hill is going to fight either Volkan or Reyes, which would be a step back. But I think he probably just wants to stay active. Yeah, that's respectable. So, hey, is you know, whew. well, Don Reyes is coming back. How long has it been? Does, I hope it'll make that fight. But it seems like they're just out to kill Dominic Reyes at this point. How long <laughs> has it been since we've seen Reyes in the in the octagon? Oh man, when when was this fight with Yuri? I think that was like February 2021. Uh, Something like that. I mean, over over a year ago now. Yeah, I mean. It's been, it's been, no, excuse me, May 2021 when he knocked out, uh, got knocked out. So, yeah, Dom's been away for a while, man. And, um, I mean, he did, he had a lot of, like, I guess he had multiple facial fractures in that fight against Yuri. So maybe he should probably take some more time off. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I think if they, I don't want to see that fight happen. So I'd much prefer Hill versus Ozdemir. I thought, uh, Vulcan had a really nice win at USC London. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. But as far as um, this card goes, that was a tremendous fight. But, dude, it's, it, the co-main event was just as shocking of, like... I think the, the performance itself from the individual. Yeah, exactly. Jeff Neal, who, going into this fight, ranked 13. He was coming off a win, but it was, like, a split decision. Really, really weird one that could have gone the other way. Before that, he'd gotten dominated by Magny and Stephen Thompson. So it's been rough times for, for the waiter, you know, uh, the server at Texas Roadhouse, you know. Uh, but, dude, he's facing Vicente Luque, the most durable guy in the division, and he goes out there and puts a, like, a life-changing beating on him. 
Like, that was just a hard-to-watch fight sometimes. You rocked him in round one, and it never got any better. Um, ended up getting the knockout in round three, dude. I did not expect this whatsoever. Uh, give me your thoughts on it, man. I think it was just one of those nights, man. Like, he was just clicking, and it was just landing, and everything was working. And it felt like Vincente Luque could just couldn't get anything going. And the second he kind of did, he kind of got the ball rolling a little bit. But at that point, he, you know, he was already compromised from the first. Damage had settled in. Investments into the leg kicks came on early in the first round. And even then, I felt like Luque wasn't trying to be, like, crazy that man. And he wasn't setting up anything crazy with his punches. Not a lot of leg kicks. Uh... You know, it, it, it seemed like he was just trying to come forward and, and uh, you know, try to get in a, in a mat, you know, gunslinging match with him right there. And that was just not the play. It was just not the play, and he was already hurt, and that kind of just fucked everything up for him. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was, I mean, full credit to Luke. He did have a bit of a moment in there. Um, not exactly like a comeback by any means, but he kind of, he kind of steadied the ship for a little bit, so to speak, you know. Um, and kind of brought it back around two. But then in round three, man, Jeff Neal just went out and he was going to get that fucking finish, you know? Um, and he got it, man. That was just, that was a devastating knockout. And he's a guy that, like, we had so much hype for him. We, we saw that he had so much potential on his first rise. And then he had some, some issues, you know, in 2020, a bit of a, you know, some, um, law enforcement issues as well. And just to, to turn it around, man, and show off his, like, potential like we knew that he had in a fight like this just a per- tremendous tremendous win tremendous knockout for jeff neal um but dude we should just move one on down uh muhammad usman zach palga the ultimate fighter 30 heavyweight tournament finale uh dude zach palga looked great until he didn't um just seconds into round two muhammad usman lands a kind of like a little checked left uh hook it looked like he, a jab though dude yeah, yeah it was it was kind of it was kind of hard to tell what exactly it was, but regardless, it had a lot of power behind it, and he uh, he put him out cold, landed some super necessary follow-up shots, and that was that, dude. I mean, Mom <laughs> following uh, in his brother's footsteps, become, become the ultimate fighter champion. Uh, give me your take on kind of like, obviously, it's still really kind of early to tell, um, but he had a really good run on stuff, and he gets a huge knockout here. What do you think his potential is at 265 pounds, if you had to guess? I think it's, I'll put it like this, he's going to have to decide that at some point. You know what I mean? It sounds really weird to say, right? But I, I don't know if he's made that decision yet with himself. Because we've seen him fight in other fights. Obviously, his record's not bad. But it's just like, I feel like he could be running through some of these guys, man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hey, look, once he's in the UFC, once we see him against this level of competition, I think we'll have a better idea. Do do I think his potential is high? Yes, I do. It's just a matter of whether or not we see it. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I think he's a guy that um, you can tell, like just based off of like his his um like what we've seen out of the house and even some of his fights in the PFL and, and so on and so forth. The physical talent is there. There's not a doubt in my mind. Like he is shredded out of his mind. But even beyond that, like his punching power is there. He's very very quick. But, like, fighting does not come naturally to him the same way that it does to Kamaru. Um, but if he can figure out certain things, like, like for example, like, I feel like during that fight with Zach, he was just, he was always kind of waiting, you know? He was yeah. waiting and then going. If he can figure out something just, like, making shit natural, this, this dude has so much potential. Like, I understand, like, 
he looked rough against Zach Balgay. And, and I'm not saying that he can't improve these things. Sometimes guys just don't have a natural knack for fighting. But guess what, dude? If he can figure that shit out and, like, work on the, the mental aspect of his game, because there's even on the feet and the wrestling, like, there's, and he's, he's a pretty good gas tank, too. Like, he has all physical talent. It's just figuring out that mental part. Will he? That remains to be seen. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's got all the tools around him to make a run, especially at heavyweight, too. I mean, there are some young lines that are on the rise, but for the most part, the bottom half of heavyweight, like the Chase Shermans of the world, the the uh, Jared Vanderas of the world, he can beat a lot of those guys. So um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But um, we'll just stay on the tough real quickly. Juliana Killer-Miller defeats Brogan Walker-Sanchez via vicious third-round TKO. Juliana Miller has it, in my opinion. You know, I can't tell what that it is. It's but dog, bro. It's that dog. <laughs> she got that dog in her. She do. I mean, give me your take. Give me uh, your thoughts on her win. I mean, I would have picked her to win, man, if he would have done picks. I'll put it like that, simply. Uh, she's good, man. She's scrappy. That's what it is. She's scrappy. She had that dog in her, to put it simply. She is just a, a tough cookie, dude. And she, she's willing to fight. Like, she fights. She will fight. You know what I mean? That is that is just very simple. That's a very simple way to put it. Juliana Miller will fight, and then she has a sick ground game. She's not afraid to trade. Takes a fair bit of damage, but hey, man, it's painting out. I think obviously, as she gets better, though, she could be she could be a menace. I think her ceiling is very high. Yeah, I agree, and I am a little bit worried about because she does have that that it factor. Like she's she's good. I don't know if she's good everywhere, but like she's scrappy on the feet. She's always moving forward, tons of pressure. She has a good grappling game. She throws with intent, you know what I mean? Like, she has a lot going for her. Um, but I am a little bit worried about her getting UFC at such a young age. Um, I mean, she's 26, she's not that young. But in terms of experience, I believe she's had, like, she's 3-1. and one. If you want to include the tough fight, she's, like, 5-1, and one, you know? 5-0 um, and Ams. So, I mean, she, yeah. has a, she has a decent bit. Fun fact, Josh. Yeah, go I'm ahead. looking at it right now. Yeah. She fought on a card with two former UFC fighters. Can you take a guess what card that was? On the, uh, like the AM, like the professional yeah, scene? It was on the, she, she fought as an AM, and it was a, pro, and the main event was a pro fight between two former UFC fighters. Was it XMMA? No, it was Liddell Ortiz 3. Funny oh, enough. shit, I heard about this. Yeah. She fought, she was the opening fight. Back oh, in, man, it's whatever, crazy. Whatever this fight happened, yeah, I actually had no idea until I looked at it right now. Back in 2018. Oh, man, that's crazy. Yeah, to come from that shit show, the UFC's got to be like, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I, I'll maintain. Like, I've watched a lot of MMA in my life, dude. Like, so, like countless hours. That card has because I watched that entire thing, you know, on Golden Boy pay per view. You know, I was at Buffalo Wild Wings that night, but it was on Golden Boy pay per view, and <laughs> and it was just rough. Man, I remember watching Duran Wynn versus Tom Lawler too. That fight was ugh. that was whenever people thought Duran Wynn like had like hope, you know. Um, but anyways, yeah, shout out Juliana Killer-Miller, dude. Like, she's got that it factor, and she's uh, she's very personable, a good interview. So I hope that she she does well, man. I mean, especially 120, women's 125, there's potential for her, you know, to, to make some noise in the near future. So we'll see what happens. Uh, as far as the rest of the card goes, my man, what are some of the fights you're most looking forward to talking about? Uh, I mean, the highlight himself, man, Terrence McKinney, who just had a kid, man. Congratulations to T-Rex, uh, I believe. 
the kid. I thought I could have sworn I'd seen it on Twitter. Unless I'm mistaken, but I'm pretty sure I saw him. Welcome a child into the world. Yeah, correct. He just had a baby. So shout good out, for shout our boy T Rex. Good, good Friend for of the him. Show. Good for him, man. And, and getting another finish. No surprise, right? I mean, he needed he did a good bounce back. That Drew Dover fight, man, he shows he's capable of winning those fights. You almost kind of wonder what happens if he had a full camp and fight Drew Dover. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd also like to see them rerun that at some point in the future, honestly. They might. I feel like they should. I think it's, I think it's a good fight to, for, you know, for, uh, for his opponent, too. I mean, shit, I don't think he had an issue trying to run it back if you already know he was able winning the fight one time. Maybe he could do it again. Yeah. I mean, he got, you know, Fuck, dude. I mean, I, if you guys got to remember, he went ahead and landed some huge shots and knocked uh, Drew Dober down. Maybe a, maybe a different referee saw it, you know what I mean? Like, he was inches away from winning that fight. So, um, yeah, man. As far as uh, he goes, he has so much potential. He is really, really good. Uh, so, Terrence McKinney, he's, he's a guy, only 27, you know, and um, like you said, that one loss in the UC is the Drew Dober, and that was like a short-notice one where he nearly knocked him out, and that was his second fight in three weeks. So, uh, yeah, man, Terrence McKinney's a bad motherfucker, and we're going to see him a lot in the future. So I'm very, very excited for him in his future. Um, Sergey Spivak, uh, the the polar bear. Uh-huh. You know, I've I've given this kid a tough rap, man, um, probably just because, like, first impressions are a hard one to shake, and I'll admit I was wrong about him. That first fight when he came in to see, he would have been, like, 24, 23, and he faced Walt Harris, and he got knocked out cold. And he got beaten by Tybora not too long after that. I was wrong about this kid, dude. This kid has got a lot of talent. And he's showing it during his stretch. Even though he lost to Tom Aspinall like, in September last year, he's won like five of his last six with wins over Olenek in there, Greg Hardy, and now Augusto Sakai. Just dominating him, getting the knock, getting the TKO here. This kid's got a lot of potential, man. I mean, we got to remember he's only 27. He's great grappling. It seems like his striking's starting to come along. May have may have uh, a contender at 265, but we'll see what happens, man. Um, we got Angel. We got to give a shout out to our boy, friend of the show, Sam Alvey. Um, I remember back when we interviewed him back in October 2020. We we went. I went ahead and asked him a question about like you know, you know, you're you're having a bit of a rough streak here. You know, do you do you like change your approach or is anything different for you going into this fight, uh, knowing that this could be your last one in the UFC? That fight was like five fights ago, and he hasn't won a single one since. But so I really, him, I really mistimed that question. Well, dude, um, they, we we have the sound off curse, dude. Everybody we interview loses. Yeah, the I mean, I think like the overall record. I think we've only had one person win since they've come on the sound off, and it was Mike Jackson getting the DQ win over Dean Barry. Oh, you're right. Which was looking like it was not going to go his way either. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, Michael probably in action here again soon. So I mean, we'll see if the if the 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 streak continues. But yeah, Sam Alvey, break even. Yeah, Sam Alvey, dude. Um, would it be funny if Mike gets another win though? He's the only one that can win. But anyways, um, Sam Alvey, dude. I mean, we know the story. Like he lost four fights in a row. Granted, one of those was a split decision against Ryan's fan. Um, he has the draw with the Unjung, which I thought was a really bad decision. I thought he cleanly won that one. He has a war with Julian Marquez, loses. A Wellington Terman decision split, which was a close fight. Uh, Brendan Allen beats him on like a week notice, and now Michelle Olyochuk. I hated this matchup for day one, and he breaks Sam Alvey's jaw in a minute and fifty six seconds. Dude, this is hard to watch. Um, 
as far as Sam Alvin goes, because we know this is, this is the last fight on his uh, UFC contract. Um, what do you what do you think is next for him? Because I mean, it seems like he he has an intent to keep on fighting. Um, but I mean, what what do you think? Do you think you should hang him up? I mean, or do you think he'd move on to belt or PFL? What do you think? I mean, he could, man, but I I don't know if I don't know if it's a smart decision at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it would be good to step away. He has a positive record still. He's a likable guy. He has a personality. He has room in the sport where he doesn't have to fight, I believe. He has a lot of charisma. He's very outspoken. And I think he could, uh, about uh, certain things and how he feels about things. So I think he, there's a way he could still be involved in fighting without having to fight anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, yeah, he's a good guy, man. We, 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 I'm not, I'm not just saying that because he was yeah. on the show and trying to be respectful. Because if I'm going to be very honest with you, I'm like, this is bad. You know what I mean? We had him on the show with all respect, you know. We appreciate the living hell out of you for coming on back in 2020 during the pandemic when we had nothing going on, a big year for us where we had to, you know, we grew on the show and he obviously, and he played a big factor. I mean, he's still one of our most watched videos on the YouTube channel to this day, you know? So. Yeah. Obviously, that's not possible without him. So, yeah, man, I, I like to see him step away just because it, 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 it's personal to me, you know. But mm-hmm. I, I'm sure he has his own goals and aspirations and whatever decisions he's – why he's – whatever reason he's to fight, whether it's financial or still trying to chase success or him just wanting to break his streak one time and get one win, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, it comes down to I want to see if he's not going to retire, and I don't. Want, I I I, have a, I try to make it a point to not tell anybody retire because, you know, I just I'm not a fan of that. But um, if he's not going to retire, I'd much prefer. Um, I'd really much prefer him to go ahead and face a smaller level of competition. I don't know what that level of competition could be. Like I, I mean, like I could see him going to Bellator or PFL or BKFC because he does. He like people know him. He has name value. Um, but if he fights in those in those leagues, I, I don't want to see him fight their top guys. You know what I mean? If he goes to Bellator, I don't want to see him fighting Musasi. You know what I'm saying? Like I. And he, and he has fighting. some history with Bellator, so you know maybe that is yeah. a good. You know maybe he could make it there. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah, I'd I'd much rather see him fight lower tier guys. I mean, that's just my opinion. He's not a bad guy. And like you said, it like he came on the show, so we are like a little biased, but that's not even why he's, he's a good guy is like, I believe like five kids, you know, like he, he does not need to be like doing fighting guys like Michelle Oliochuk, who's like, you know, 27, a monster on the rise, won like three of his last four. So I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that shit. So, um, and now he broke his jaws. And this is the second time, this is the second time he's broken his jaw. He broke it back, I want to say in 2014 or 2015. He had to like go on like, uh, like liquid food for like a month or two. Fuck. Um, yeah. And so this is the second time he's broke it. So, um, hoping the best for our boy Sam. Uh, we love you over here at the sound off. So we'll see what happens, man. But, Get a speed uh, of recovery, man. Yeah, of course. So we'll see what happens. Um, but as far as the rest of the card goes, man, um, Brian Battle got a solid win. I mean, I think coming out of tough, dude, that, that last tough season, I think Brian Battle's clearly showing that he's the one who, yep. I mean, well, he won the fucking season, but you know what I mean? Like, he, he has... But hey, man, problems. being the last seed, though, and, I mean, he's showing his, his level. He, I had a lot of doubts on him, man. I'll be completely honest. I, 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 I didn't know, but I'm happy, man, because that, that, that's what it's about. You know what I mean? 
You know, I yeah. think a lot of, a lot of, a lot of fighting is proving people wrong, you know? And, mm. uh, and he has that self-belief from the start, which is the coolest shit ever, man. I love that. And he's looking good, man. And he's doing it in, fa- in a good fashion too. And he's getting finishes. You just got to finish, obviously. And over, over a good guy too. Uh, but man, I mean, shit, like, I'm curious to see what's next. You know, he, he's young, high ceiling, beautiful record right now. Uh, I think, I mean, he could talk. He definitely has a personality. He called out Ian Gary and someone else, can't remember who. Uh, I don't know if they'll give him Ian Gary. Uh, but. I like that fight though. I like yeah, yeah. that fight a lot. That's a, that's, a tough, that's a tough fight, yeah. And they, and they, uh, they gave it, Brian Barberena was somebody he called out, which I was like, that's a tough out for anybody, dude, but I respect it. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, and Takashi, we gotta go ahead and say this too. I mean, him knocking out Takashi Soto, Takashi Soto's a tough motherfucker, man. I mean, I understand he's not like top 15 or anything, but he's a very tough guy. Um, and that's only the second time he's been knocked out in his career. The other one was back in like 2015. So, just a savage win, man. Savage win. Um, we gotta go ahead and give a quick shout out. Corey McKenna becoming the first woman and uh, U.S. history to get a Vaughn flu choke. That was beautiful. pretty sick. Very beautiful. And then also, uh, opening up the cards, Mario Bruno Silva. This was weird. Eight. Yeah, via armbar. But it was a weird one. Why don't you go ahead and explain the situation? Uh, essentially, the positioning where they were in the cage blocked the tapping arm. The, the referee didn't see it. Uh, Bruno Silva said that she, she let go of this mission out of respect for her opponent. Stephanie Edgar didn't really protest. They went to a vote on the judges panel. There was one, they happened to land right in front of one judge. I don't know how the judges voted, who said yes, so they saw it. They tried to give us multiple angles. We could not find it on a replay. And apparently a judge said that they saw it and that was it for Stephanie Edgar. And Stephanie Edgar didn't really try to protest it. So that's why I didn't really have an issue with it. But yeah, uh, a lot of respect for Bundy Silva if it was, you know, she actually got the submission and she felt the tap and obviously tried to respect her opponent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And overall, dude, just say a um, bit of a weird situation, but um, yeah, I mean, solid, solid performance by her. And that was the last last fight, you know. Um, and every single one, like I said earlier, every single one ended in a finish. So uh, it was a fun night, man. Very fun night. Um but, yeah, man, moving on to this weekend, hopefully we get a car that's as good as this one, but I, I very much doubt it. But, hey, this one's not great on paper, so we'll see what happens, man. Um, Hater, man, see, haters. Yeah, you see <laughs> San Diego. You see San Diego going down this Saturday from the Pechanga Arena in San Diego, California. Bantamweights, ranked bantamweights, headlining the card. Marlon Chito Vera taking on Dominic, the Dominator Cruz. Two guys looking to break into the top five. Actually, I think one of these guys may have, Yeah, Vera's already top five. Excuse me. Just get that next title shot, I mean, though. Um, obviously, Marlon Vera riding the three-five winning streak. Uh, dominated Rob Fawn last time out before they knocked out Frankie Edgar. Dominic Cruz, man, despite the fact all the injuries, the age, 36, sticking around, doing the damn thing, two wins in a row, and uh, ranked number eight as of now. So uh, give me your thoughts on this fight, man. It's a banger, man. Cheeto's really getting it together. Dom Cruz is a fight he's been wanting for a while, apparently. They put, you know, they put pen to paper. They got it settled. They're going to do it in California. Beautiful place. And uh, this is it, man. Cheeto wants to get that title shot right here. This is the guy. 
the legend of the sport, one of the goats at 135, if not the goat in the eyes of some people. Uh, Dom Kreisman at his older age, he's still doing it somehow. Uh, getting it together, we've seen. Yeah, slow down a bit, Josh. We can see that a little bit. Obviously, there is uh, some people say there, that he's been figured out that there's there's a game plan out there. And for Cheeto Vera, man, I'm curious to see what he does, man. He has the age, he has the speed on Dom Cruz. He doesn't have, you know, obviously, I feel like at, at the highest level, I think Dom Cruz has the experience. Obviously, a very intelligent fighter, a very uh, cerebral guy when it comes to the game. He obviously has done a lot of commentary in his time. Has seen a lot of Cheetos fights too. He's he's very aware of what he can do. My big thing going into this fight is how is Dom Cruz going to? What is his prep plan going into this fight, and how is he going to implement his game plan in the fight? And for Cheeto, is he going to be allowed to do the things he wants to do? You know, like the elbows, you know, the the the, the potential spinning attacks, letting his hands go, the variety of leg kicks. Because if he gets it going, and with the speed advantage, I'm curious to see if Dom Cruz can handle it. And if, I'm curious to see if early on, he invests into those leg kicks, get rid of Dom Cruz mobility, get rid of that figure eight movement that we always talk about, and uh, potentially could get a finish. Over Dom Cruz, I mean, he's—I don't know if he will, but if he does, that'd be pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, man. And uh, you kind of brought up like—is there kind of like a blueprint out on Dom Cruz? Um, you know, kind of, but also it's hard, kind of hard to tell and attribute it to age or, or whatever you like, whatever it may be. And also, you got to add in the fact that like, I mean, what really like I don't think there is a blueprint. Like, I, I think the way that he's lost recently, and by recently, I mean like. He lost to Garbrandt in December 2016, where Cody just had the night of his life. And then he lost to Cejudo in May 2020, where he came in on short notice and, you know, so on and so forth. Fourth fight in four years and so on and so forth. Um, I still think Dominic Cruz has a lot to offer this division. I still think he is a solid title contender. But I do think that Marlon Vera, I think it's his time, man. I think he's hitting his prime. He's 29 years old, which kind of feels crazy considering this is going to be his 20th UFC fight. Uh, he's been their promotion for like eight years. But regardless, um, Angel, by the way, quick fun fact. Did you know that uh, Marlon Vera has doubled the amount of UFC fights with Don Cruz? Wow. Well, you know, Dom had all those uh, WEC fights way back in the day, so it makes sense, right? Yeah, true. But this is going to be Dom's 10th fight in the UFC. Yep. Yeah, no, Cheeto came into the UFC really young. Real, yeah, real so, small so, record. Still crazy, though, in my opinion. But, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, – I don't know. if Did you make your pick yet? Uh, I mean, I, uh, if I didn't, I picked Cheeto. Okay, that's what I thought. And I'm also, I'm also picking Cheeto. I think this is going to be his moment. Um, and I don't like this matchup for Dom, honestly. I don't. I wish there were the, – there were other matchups I would have preferred for both of these guys. But this is the one we ended up with. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take Cheeto here. Uh, Cole main event, man, interesting one. Interesting one. Not exactly one you'd expect for a, yeah, uh, cause we, I think we kind of talked about this. I don't know if we talked about this on air or off air, but, you know, like, you see, they have these fight night cards and they'll take place out of the apex and they'll have the pay-per-views obviously take place out of the, out of the apex and they're just stacked. This one's not very stacked and you can tell that by the co-main event, but I think this is a very good fight for what it is. Uh, David Onama, KC's own, uh, who's coming off a win last month, by the way over Garrett Arnfield, and he's won two in a row in the UFC. He's won losses to Mason Jones, and I believe that was on short notice. Um, and he's thinking on Nate Landwehr, who, this is the point, A-Train is turning out to be one of those entertaining guys in the UFC. Four fights in, he's had some solid wins, he's had some tough losses, but regardless, it's going to be a fun fight, and you know that if Nate Landwehr is on the card. Give me your take on this co-main event, man. 
I think it should be fun, man. Nate Landwehr is a tough guy. He, he's capable of finishing fights. He's two and two in his UFC little run right here, but he, that doesn't mean he can't beat David Onama. And David Onama, man, I think he's the truth at 145, dude. I think he's going to come in and, and do some serious work. I think he's going to get that W over Nate Landwehr. We saw in his last fight, you got a submission. Before that, you got to finish over uh, a guy who's actually on the undercard, uh, uh, Mowgli, Gabriel Benitez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, and uh, I mean, I don't want to, as much as I like me some Nate Landwehr, he's a super entertaining guy, this kind of feels like a fight that's kind of teed up for David Onaba. Maybe it's just me. I mean, he's 28 years young, he's shown tons of potential, and the fact that he's in the co-main spot in such a, a big fight card, it kind of tells me a lot. Um, I'm going to go and take David Onaba, man, and I'm, I'm sure you are as well. Um, I just think Nate Landwehr is a really fun guy, but he's a bit wild, he's a bit reckless, and I think he's kind of he's teed up right there for him. Maybe it's just me. What are your thoughts? I mean, I could see it, I, you know, but I don't. I don't think it's bad matchmaking. You know, it makes sense. They're both outside of the top fifteen. They, they're clearly not like near the bottom of you know the all the one forty five rankings. They're they're kind of middling the pack a little bit more, just trying to push into the top fifteen, kind of like picking at it, but not fully there. So it makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's solid matchmaking, but this kind of feels like a fight stylistically that should be a solid one for David Onama. But um, regardless, I am looking forward to this one. I would not be surprised if Nate Landwehr can pull it off. He's just still an extremely talented guy. Um, but yeah, man, as far as the rest of the card goes, which ones which ones are you most looking forward to? I think we're just going to go one down, man. Gerald Merchardt, Bruno Silva. Gerald uh, Merchardt, who, you know, he obviously gets a lot of shit, right? But... Uh, I mean, he's still around, man. He's still getting wins. He's beating some good guys. He had a three little win streak going there over some pretty solid guys. I think, uh, um, um, uh, was a Mahmoud Muradov's long win streak there, uh, last year and then getting another wing after that. And I mean, just early this year, he ran into Christoph Jocko, which I mean, Christoph Jocko was a fucking killer, dude. And you know, he lost, but now he got Bruno Silva. I think this could be a good fight for him. Obviously, I think they're kind of helping, not not helping him, but they're they're setting up him, they're setting him up to have good matchups. You know, guys, he should be fighting. You know, not fighting at Chimaev anymore. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and this is a solid matchup, man. I mean, Jeremy Sart. I don't think he's going to be a contender anytime soon, but he's like the pinnacle of a guy that, like, if you can't get past him, you're not going to be top fifteen. Uh, he's he's the top 15 gatekeeper. Some guys are gatekeepers to the top five. He's gatekeeper to the top 15. If you can't beat him, you're not going to get in there. And um, he's coming off a loss to Christoph Jocko, but it's all good. Bruno Silva coming off a loss to Alex Bahia, who we're going to talk about later. Uh, Bruno Silva, man, very entertaining guy, huge knockout power. Um, grappling gives a bit, bit of work, so we're going to go ahead and see that one here. Um, he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, but I mean in terms of like wrestling and kind of putting it all together in the cage. But... Um, yeah, man, that should be an excellent fight. I'm very excited for that one. Um, my girl Cynthia Calvillo against uh, Nina Nunez. This one obviously was booked uh, for July, and then Nunez withdrew on the day of the event. Um, winner here, try, really, they need to win this one. Uh, both Calvillo is coming off a three-fight losing streak, Nunez a two-fight losing streak. It's going to be Nunez's uh, debut at 125-125. Well, at least UC debut. She fought uh, 125 back in Invicta. But, yeah, man, this should be a uh, a fun fight. Should be a solid one. Um, and then also on this card as well, Angela Hill, Lupita Godinez. This is just kind of a cool story. These two were not uh, scheduled to fight until, I believe, October. Um, or they were in talks to fight in October. Instead, they moved it up. 
like months ahead of time because this card's taken a couple hits recently. Angel Hill and the Puda Godinez both said, "Fuck it, we'll do it." You know, um, those are the chicks to do it though. Those are the gals to do it. They are, and it's going to take place at 120 pound catch weight. Um, it's going to tell us a lot about Lupita Godinez, I think. Um, she's had a solid winning streak. She's won three of her last four, and that one loss that she has when she fought on like up a weight class on one week notice after just fighting. So um, when she nearly broke Hamzad's record, so yeah, man, um, going to be an interesting one there. Um, also on the undercard, a couple of solid fights. Gabriel Benitez, Charlie Altanavar should be a lot of fun, especially on the feet. Um, and then also Ode Osborne taking on Tyson Nam. That should be a banger. That's not a really banger right there. Yeah, Tyson Nam is coming off a split decision loss in the National. Part of that, he had two knockouts. And obviously Ode Osborne. He's coming off of two, uh, not no, two knockouts, but he's coming off a solid knockout over Zeruk Adeshev, uh back in June, dude. So this is going to be a very, very fun fight. Um, and also just add this one where Jason Witt, uh, Josh Kilon, which was, was scheduled for last week. That one got pulled off because Josh was pulsing, a la John Jones. Um, and then Ariana Lipsky versus Basilio Cachoeira is going to be happening on this card as well. At the 135, this was also supposed to fight last week. Um, but something happened, I believe, on uh, Lipsky's end where she did not get cleared. So now I'm just going to put this one up at 135. Nobody cutting weight. So that should be fun. Must be nice. But... Um, yeah, man, any other thoughts on this card before we move on? No, man, I think we highlighted through really quick. I think this is one of these cards that we'll have to see play out to kind of, uh, potentially appreciate, you know, more. Yeah. Ho- hopefully it does. I think no matter what, the, the main event's going to be amazing. Obviously a five-rounder between Cheeto and Dom is great. I mean, that's, that's a pay-per-view, you know, co-main at worst. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, like, this card does have a couple of, um, you know... It's a little bit rough on paper, but there are still some fun fights, so um, it should be a lot of fun come Saturday night. But it is not the only MMA card that we got. In fact, we got one on Friday night, and uh, the belts were like they've kind of had like a bit of a weird stretch here. We kind of talked about it, where like sometimes they'll load up on cards, sometimes they won't. This card is fucking loaded, in my opinion, for Bellator standards. I love this one, uh, Bellator two eighty four. Uh, going down from the Sanford Pentagon in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, a welterweight main event between uh, two just guys we're going to put on an absolute banger. Neiman Gracie, uh, who is coming off a loss to Logan Storley. Taking on Gucci Yamaguchi, obviously moved up the welterweight back in April. Former uh, contender down at 155. And, uh, dude, these guys are going to go out here and put on a grappling clinic. I'm super psyched for this fight. This is, a, this is a fight that makes me glad that Bellator has five-round main events. You know what I mean? Uh, so Now, your, right? Yeah, give me your take on this one, man. I'm very excited for this fight. Uh, it's a banger. You know, I'm, I got really excited for it when it got announced. Obviously, Gochi's like one of those guys that I'm just like really like just enjoy his fights a lot. I like his fights that I like. I like that he's pretty well-rounded everywhere. I do think in the stand-up, though, he'll be kind of more – will be a bigger threat against Neiman than Neiman will be on the feet. On the ground, though, that's a. I guess we'll see, man. I I I don't want to, you know, jujitsu is an interesting world. You know, I don't want to, you know, go one way or the other. But I mean, if, if we really had to, I'm assuming probably Neiman, right? But MMA jujitsu is a different story at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and this one is going to be a banger. Two very entertaining guys, especially on the mat. Um, both these guys. I mean, I need to talk about how Gochi's extremely entertaining. I I, I do agree. 
Uh, Neiman's right there, dude. Neiman's had multiple fun fights in Bellator. And he's a guy that, like, I always feel like he's one step away from being a champion. Like, he's so close, but, like, he just can't break through at the top level. But he's had some good wins, Ed Ruth, John Fitch. But he just he just one step behind those top guys. He just can't seem to get over that hump. Um, I think the winner here is right in line. Maybe not for a title shot, but they're going to be right there. What do you think about this one, man? I mean, who, who are you picking on for Friday? I got Goichi, man. Mm. I think he's got fair enough. Back. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I could see that happening, but I am going to take Neiman Gracie. Oh, I, I like think, it. Yeah, I think I think Neiman's the better grappler. I think the fight probably going to take place on the mat. I I think Goichi can compete with him for sure, but I think he's going to be a smaller guy. I don't think his jujitsu as as good. And I'm going to go and take Neiman Gracie to get the maybe not the submission, but I'm going to go and take him to get the win. I think it's going to be a fun fight though. I would not be surprised in the slightest if Ga- if Goichi comes out here and gets a gets a big win to cement himself as one of the top 170s. Um, but, yeah, man, we'll see what happens there in the main event. Co-main event, though, Valentin Moldovsky, the former Bellator interim heavyweight champion, coming off a loss to Bader in January, uh, but he's going to be taking on Steve Mowry, who's one of these guys Bellator has positioned as possibly one of the future, like, champions of the division. He's 6'8", he's a monster, he's undefeated at 10-0. and It is a fight for him to break into the rankings and get himself into – Possibly even a title shot. It's a win here against Valentin Moldovsky. Do you think he gets it done, dude? Steve Mowry is a fucking giant. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, he is a fucking giant. He's a beast. He has a lot of finishes. He has a strong ground game. I don't know against Moldovsky. He's gonna have some trouble. I don't know if he'll be able to take him down on the. Fe- I mean, on the feet, I think it would be pretty close. The Moldovsky's fucking mobile as shit, man. I'm curious to see how Maori takes advantage of his size because guys, he's listed at six eight. Moldovsky six one, according to Tapology. Yeah. Uh, this is crazy, man. I, I, I'm curious to see the Americans to be able to do it, man. To be American versus Russia, I mean, that's a matchup a lot of people love, you know. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna go with Moldovsky. I think that's uh, kind of a safe pick, but I, I could see Steve Maori coming out here and getting a W. That's a close fight, though. It is a close fight, and I, it's it's pretty rare that we go ahead and split like we're just going completely different. But I'm also going to go ahead and go against that. I'm taking Steve Mauer, dude. Um, I think this giant is in the it's the right time, the right place, man. I think that he is uh, on a great winning streak. I think he's the future of this division, and I think he gets the job done, man. I mean, Valentin Moldovsky has had some solid wins, but I don't necessarily think that. Um, I don't know, man. I've never been as impressed with him as uh, as I. Kind of, you know, as much as Bellator kind of puts him out there, uh, it's kind of hard for me to explain, but as much as Bellator puts him out there, I've never been as impressed as they kind of want me to feel about him. You know what I mean? Like, um, he's had some solid wins for sure, but I think Steve Mowry just has it. You know what I mean? So I'm going to go and take him to get the dub. Um, but yeah, man, this card's very, very solid, dude. This is a very, very good card. Alina Lay McFarlane is going to be back as Bruna Ellen. Um, Obviously, Alina Lay fought earlier this year in April. I'm surprised she's fighting as quick as she is because she actually had, like, a really bad neck injury. I'm not, I still don't remember the exact extent of the damage, but um, I know she had to go spend a couple days in the hospital after that one. Um, she's back against Bruno Allen, so it should be a fun fight, but Alina Lay's already talked about how she's, you know, retirement's coming up way sooner than she expected um, because of a lot of injuries that she's had. So let's hope that she gets, you know, a win here, but that should be a fun one. Uh, Saeed Samoa back against Gokan Sekram on the main card on Showtime. And then Austin Vanderford is going to be back for the first time since his loss to Gegard Mustafa in February. He's taking on 
Aaron Jeffrey may not be a huge name to a lot of people, but he did make his Bellator debut earlier this year, and uh, he's stepping in on short notice. And he's a he's an interesting prospect, man, out of Canada, 29 years young, and he's had a couple wins in a row. Formerly fought in the Contender Series, lost to Kyle Barallo, uh, but he also holds wins over you know Andre Petrovsky. He's beat a couple of other good guys in the amateur scene. Uh, so yeah, man, this should be a solid fight. Uh, yeah, man. Any other fights you kind of looking to talk about on this uh, this Bellator article? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Did, did you did you like, uh, did you highlight Josh Hill? I did not. So go ahead. Man, so he's back at 135 against Marcos Bueno. Is this his Bellator debut? Yeah, this will be his Bellator debut coming off a big LFA win against Ari Farias. So just to see. I don't know, kind of, kind of giving one there to Josh Hill, trying to welcome the the newcomer. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that should be a fun one. Josh Hill, one of the best guys, like, well, in that division, I guess I should say. But anyways, as far as um, the rest of the card goes, there's not a whole lot to highlight, at least on like beyond the main card, uh, besides Josh Hill. But I do want to go ahead and give a quick shout out to Pat Downey. Um, very interesting guy, like a very complicated history. Um, has a lot of legal issues, but whenever he keeps his nose clean, guy is an insane grappler. Very, very good. And he's making his MMA debut on the undercard against Keyes Nelson. Uh, he was supposed to fight earlier this year, but he had um, some like health stuff that kept him out. So this should be a very, very fun fight, and I'm very, very excited for this one. Um, Pat down, dude. 30 years old, so maybe it could be a bit late, but... If his if his wrestling translates from his amateur days, we'll see like a an immediate contender. Like, this guy's really fucking good on the mat, so um, be, it'll be fun to watch. But yeah, man, a solid Bellator card. Nothing that um in terms of like the headline, a lot of people may look past that, but on paper, like fight wise, you're in for a hell of a show on Friday. So very very excited for that one. But Andrew, we do got some MMA and boxing news to hit, and we actually have a fair. Couple of topics. There are even a couple of topics that I left off just because there's so much news that's broken last week. Uh, but we'll go and hit just hit it off with actually YouTube boxing, that whole YouTube boxing scene. Um, obviously, we were looking forward to KSI versus Alex Sabi. That was the only card that had not fallen apart in YouTube boxing we over the summer, and it's done. It's gone. <laughs> um, luckily, it wasn't KSI who most people were looking forward to seeing, but one half of the headliners was out. Um, Obviously, Alex Wasabi apparently suffered a concussion in training. Um, I say apparently because KSI's team has been very, very vocal about the fact they don't believe that. Um, but anyway, so Alex Wasabi withdrew, and Jake Paul got on social media like, hey, you know, I'll step in. I'll do it. Um, obviously, it was just pretty much PR, but uh, KSI said that he had a backup fighter just in case this happened, just in case Jake's team pulled any shenanigans, just in case Alex pulled out. And their backup opponent was apparently former uh, semi-pro soccer player turned rapper Swarms, who I did not know at the time of this fight announcement. So, Angel. <laughs> I'm on the same boat as you, bro. I didn't know that either. Yeah, well, now that you've had some time to digest the information, I'm assuming you've looked, I mean, I'm sure, I'm assuming you've heard something about this guy since the fight broke. I mean, what do you, what do you think, man? Is there any interest level for you? I, I'm just curious to see how JJ looks back. That, that's all it is. Curious to see how JJ looks, kind of see how, you know, he looks with the, the, you know, ring rest, whatever you want to put it. But, uh, kind of on the same topic, Josh, he said, uh, apparently he gave, uh, like, uh, uh, Jake an open invitation to, to fight in the O2 next year. Like, do you think that shit's real? 
So this is what I've heard, and I actually wrote about this yesterday, but apparently, because uh, obviously Jake did the whole thing like, well, let's fight, you know, let's, let's do it this month, which anybody that knows shit about boxing knows that there's no fucking way DAZN and Showtime fighters can meet you in agreement to fight on like two weeks' notice, but anyways. That'd be a uh, fucking miracle, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, dude, we're still waiting for Terrence Crawford and, and Errol Spence to fight, and they've had like, what, six months of negotiations? Like... A lot of people are like, oh, damn, I can't believe KSI ducked him. I'm like, no, KSI is just being real, man. Like, there's no way a fight of that magnitude can come together on, like, two or three weeks' notice. But anyways, so apparently KSI went ahead and after the performance fight got announced, he's like, you know what? Uh, I guess he, like, added Jake. He's like, Wembley Stadium, Stadium, you and me, next month, we can put the whole person on the line. Winner takes the whole purse or whatever. Some bullshit like that. Jake said, sure, but you have to admit that I'm better in boxing as of today. And KSI's like, sure, as of today, you're better in boxing. Let's run it, bitch. I believe it's the exact quote um so yeah man Wembley Stadium next next year I think a lot of people are gonna I saw a lot of people like there's no way they can sell out I'm like man a lot of people really underestimate KSI's popularity in the UK you know and this fight's been building up for four years like since and and obviously they're gonna they're gonna hype it up they're gonna build it up they're gonna have people on the card like there's a lot of factors to it you know what I mean I think uh it has people are interested I feel like people are gonna care about Jake now more because KSI is actually involved yeah and I also think this is a rare fight that's like it's a it's a guaranteed in boxing it's pretty rare rare to have like a million guaranteed pay-per-view buys this is one of the rare ones you know Shit, they got fuck. We don't. We'll give them one. <laughs> exactly. Like this is going to be an excellent. That'd, that'd be an excellent fight, an excellent show when it does happen. Um, in terms of the competitiveness, I'd have to see how KSI looks against Swarms. Obviously, I, I don't know why everybody freaked out about the opponent because let's be honest, the Wasabi fight was just a warm up for JJ too. So you, everybody kind of knew what you're getting into. So I, I mean, you're going to get a tune up regardless. You're getting up. You're getting a tune up regardless. I understand that some people wanted him to face like a better name, but like. The reality is, is that he had a contracted backup fighter, you know, and for that backup fighter, he wanted to honor the commitment because Swarms has been in training, and not a lot of people probably want the backup position whenever, you know, you'd have, you're probably not going to fight. It's just a rare situation where it did happen. Uh, so props to JJ for keeping the show on the road. I, I mean, I'm still excited for the card. Like, this, the undercard is still super cool. Are they, gonna, uh, are they still going to have Blueface after all the drama? Do you know? Blueface has been removed. Apparently, it's going to be Slim stepping into face face temper. Oh shit! Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's that's the banger. That's a banger. That's if they get slim, that's actually wow. That's that's obviously not confirmed, but apparently, according to I believe it was Keem who said it, and Keem has like a really good pulse in like the YouTube boxing community. So that'd be uh, insane. Slim versus Tommy, and then Slim's pretty good, dude. Like <laughs> Slim is slick. Yeah, I know a lot of people wanted uh, KSI to fight um, Face Temper, but I was like Tommy. You know, Yeah, I just just think that fight is going to come together right now. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens, though. But um, Plus, they're boys. That one's kind of hard to make because they're cool. True, true. Um, But, yeah, man, I'm I'm so excited for the fight. I mean, I'll still watch the card. Like I said, I I feel like people are kind of overreacting to the whole drama with it. It's still going to be a pro fight. It's still just going to honestly just be a tune-up for KSI, which is what it's always been. It's YouTube um, boxing, bro. Like it's it's, it's that, this is not fucking Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, if you guys are looking for actual good boxing, you should look elsewhere. Like, <laughs> yeah, though, no, like you're not. This is this is not this is not intended to be the highest level competition. If you're looking for the highest level competition, you are looking in the wrong place. One hundred percent. And also, KSI hasn't fought since like 
damn near three years ago. So. Oh wait, that long. November 2019 is his fight against Logan. So. Wow. Dang. Yeah, it's been a long. It's been a long time. So I don't really. I don't mind him having a tune-up. Like, Alex is already much smaller than him and only one fight. So, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, I, so um, that's just my opinion. I mean, I don't I don't have too many deep thoughts on it, but, you know. Well, only one pro bout for Alex because Alex had an amateur bout, right? I believe his fight. I thought his fight with Deji was his first fight. Oh, was it? I, I could have sworn he had one more. I could be absolutely wrong. Or at least he had been preparing for a long time. I think like, it would just be that. I think it was just that he'd been preparing for a long time. Because he was trying to get a, a, a match way back when, during the first YouTube card. I could have sworn yeah. The first ones. So, yeah, I guess he just, he'd been preparing all that time. One of the badly. Yeah, I can't find it. Apparently, he's just, he had that one fight, and that's it. Okay. With Deji. That, you know, regardless, man. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm still excited for the card. I think the whole thing about, like, Jake and him fighting like it was never going to come together. So I don't I don't know why people were like okay. So I took the L. I'm like man, he, that shit was never going to happen, you know. Uh, but Dude, is it a full YouTube record? I'm looking at it right now. It's a full it's a full YouTube record. They're not going to have any pro boxers like any like you know what I mean. I mean they're all you know, I like the I like the fact that they're not fucking around. Every single fight's going to be a pro fight. Which oh, I so no headgear. No headgear. Dude, I see that Deji and Fuz is going to take place at light heavyweight. Is that correct? Yeah. Jesus Christ. 175. Okay. So, we'll see what happens, man. Um, it'll be a fun card, so I'm still very excited for it. August 27th on his own pay-per-view. Apparently it's going to be 10 bucks. is the rumored price tag. So that's not bad at all. But anyways, man. How much um, did you say? Over to 10, 10, was 10 bucks. Yeah, they're they're doing it right, bro. They're doing it right. They are. I mean, J, JJ knows JJ knows that like for this YouTube boxing thing, like if you're gonna do it, you can you can charge maybe sixty dollars for a pay per view if it's a good if it's a fight that's good enough. But the reality is, if it's like some shit fight, that's just not it's not gonna work out well for you, dude. So also his fans are older. You know, his JJ's fans are older now. Like he doesn't have a lot of kid fans. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they, they got you know you're. If you're a Gigi fan, you probably have a job and have probably ten bucks to spare. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I shit, dude. I'll I'll pitch in the five so we can watch it, Angel. You know, like split, <laughs> split it, split it two ways. Exactly. Um, but yeah, man. Um, it's a it's a solid card. I'm excited for it. Um, but there is another YouTube boxing event going down. This this one just now made official. Um, obviously, Alice McBroom and Esau Gibbers supposed to fight back in July. That one got called off because apparently there was some sort of head injury to Gibb. We don't really know the extent of it. Um, probably just a concussion, but that forced the fight to get postponed. Um, McBroom was throwing his name in there to actually fight KSI, which, again, there was no way that one was going to happen. Not because of any cross-promotion issues like the issue with Jake. Uh, he would probably just want way too much money. Um, and he already had the business with Gibb, but he was kind of, you know, he was a little bit unsure if the fight was actually going to happen, but it is. September 10th, Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles, California. Austin McBroom taking on Anison Gibb up at Cruiserweight. It's official. Gibb has been cleared, and so with that, it's it's back. You know, obviously the main card. Um, this one's apparently been finalized, and Blueface will still have a fight. He's just going to fight Swaggy P. 
um, on this main card. And it's a couple wow. of little fights. Yeah, I'll He's be. We're gonna get a boxing have, match. Yeah, I don't have too. I don't have too much. Too many thoughts on this one. But this kind of just confirming it's been rebooked. Um, we'll have to watch it play out because you know there's there's a lot of YouTube boxing going on right now. There's a lot of movements. There's a lot of potential matchups. There's and if Slim comes into the picture, you know not you know there, that Saudi money's a thing, man. Money kicks. You know he he was he was on a. Money kicks going to be. He's making his pro pro debut on the undercard of uh, AJ Usyk. Yeah, that's that's the thing. So there's there's you know. There's there's stuff going on there, you know what I mean? There's events, and uh, there's pull in the Saudi market. If, if those guys, you know, there there's something there, you know what I mean? Yeah, I remember hearing like a rumor that like the Saudis tried to get uh before COVID hit, they tried to get KSI and Jake to fight. They were apparently offered him money, so oh. um they're throwing money around like crazy. So I would not be surprised. Um, but yeah, I mean, not not so many thoughts on this one. Just kind of saying that is is official. Obviously, we'll talk about it more when it actually comes and if it does actually happen. Uh, with social gloves, it's never a guarantee. Uh, but anyways, so more kind of just moving on to the MMA news, moving past the boxing stuff. Um, Tony Ferguson, he, after his loss to Michael Chandler, he kind of made it known that, like, yeah, I'm actually going to look for an actual camp. If you guys don't know, Tony's essentially been having his own camps, um, essentially for his entire UFC career. But he's been on the move for an actual camp, and apparently he's made his decision. It's going to be Jackson Wink in Albuquerque. Uh, which received a lot of people poking fun at him online, but I actually think it's actually a pretty good move. What do you think, man? I mean, fuck it. Uh, why not? I mean, he's a clear. Co- he's coached a lot of champs. So, I mean, it only makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Jackson Wink for a long time. Like MMA fans, I saw a lot of more shitting on this move, but the reality is, man, like if you've been around this game long enough, you'll see every single high level gym come and go, and everybody's like, oh, my God, like, this guy's the greatest coach ever, and, you know, this gym's the greatest gym ever. Like, Andrew, remember this time last year we talked about Trevor Whitman and how good that gym is? I mean, it still is. It still is, but guess what? Like, people lose. Like, there are gyms that ride highs, and then they'll, you know, have a couple losses, they'll take a couple losses, and that shit just happens. And for a long time, Jackson Wink was that gym. And then they had a couple of fighters to lose and lose, like, lose and leave, and then guess what? It was American Top Team. And the same ha- thing happened there. And yeah. then it was, uh, what's the name of Trevor Whitman's team? I can't think of it right now. Uh, Elevation? Is it Elevation? Is it Elevation? I don't know. But regardless, it was, it was Trevor Whitman's camp in, in Colorado. Now they've taken a couple losses. Like, that's just how the sport works, you know? Yep. So I think this is What is good the move. premier gym right now? I honestly don't know. Is it City Kickboxing? Oh, yeah, it probably is to the kickboxing. That's the one. But then guess what? If he, if he goes out and loses, and we'll talk about him later, I mean, it's like, yeah. you know. Anyways, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I like this move. I, I think it makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as far as Tony goes, Tony needs some stability. I think he showed in that Chandler fight. He still has that dog in him, and he found that fire again. Even though he lost, he dropped him. He dropped him. He won round one. I mean, he had fire, and we hadn't seen that fire out of Tony in a long, long time. So I'm, you know, I'm excited to go ahead and see what happens moving forward. So, you know, with with, with Tony, I mean, I mean, as far as he goes, I have no idea who he's going to fight next. So we'll have to see what happens. I know he's talking about 170, maybe he fight at 155. I mean, who knows? So... But, yeah, I, I like the move. I don't understand a whole lot of hate. But as 
far as the next piece of news, well, like, it's man. like, where do they want him to go? You know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to think. Like, where did, what did you guys think was the right choice for Tony? You know? Yeah, I mean, at this point, like, I just think he needs stability. And that's what Jackson will give him. Like, they're a very stable camp. Like, you don't hear about too much, you don't hear, really hear about too much drama. Like, they had drama back in the day, like, with Jones and Rashad, but that was it. You yeah, know? that's about it. Yeah, they're, they're generally a pretty stable camp, so. I think it makes sense, and um, yeah, shout out, shout out, Tony. But as far as the next piece of news, man, um, John Jones, since we're talking about Albuquerque, he's no longer part of, um, you know, he's no longer part of that team. Obviously, he went out to fight ready um, because of a whole lot of drama. But uh, and by drama, I mean like uh, beating the shit out of his fiance. Uh, but anyways, man. <laughs> He's apparently looking to get back in the octagon. Now, I've said that I don't really want to talk about John um, unless he fights, but I will, if I am being completely fair to him, his, he's been trying to fight for a minute now. Um, he's supposed to fight Stipe in July, and that fight got moved because Stipe needed more time. And oh, my targeting. fucking God. I, <laughs> this guy targeting. needs like three years to fight, dude. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, he wanted, and they were going to do it in September, and now here we are in August, and that fight's not been announced. And then apparently looking at October, and they might be looking at MSG and so on and so forth. Apparently, John said that Francis is back on the table. Apparently, he's oh, talking to the and Big Franny might could be coming back sooner than expected. This is not really going to be a discussion of like which fight is more realistic, but as a fan and as like a, just a neutral observer, Angel, let's say you are Dana White. You are now five hundred million dollars richer. And you can give it all to the Nelk boys. But you can make the fight. Would you rather John Jones fight Stipe in October or wait till November to fight Francis and Gunn? Which yeah. fight do you think makes November. more sense? Which one would you rather see? November for Jones. November for Jones and Ngane. Fuck it. Put the ball on the line. We waited this long. Give us the best we can. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. That's that's what I think makes the most sense. Um, it got me hyped up even when you said it, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm like a little excited now. What the fuck? Same, dude. I'm I'm hyped too, man. I think it's the fight that makes the most sense because the reality is that if you're gonna go ahead and sit and and wait for you know you're gonna go ahead and sit and wait for Jones and you've been waiting so long. The mo- like like I said, I think I said it like maybe even last week, but dude, like we've been waiting for Jones to fight. Like he's been out of action. Last time John Jones fight, COVID was not a thing. Like, it was February of 2020. Like, it is just, it's insane to think about how long he has not fought. Like, think about how radically different the world was whenever he last fought. So, I mean, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I, at this point, we've waited long enough. Let's make the best fight possibly we possibly can. And the best fight is John Jones versus Francis Ngannou. Like, that is a huge fight. It's one that I'm personally interested in. I kind of have John Jones... Like, I'm tired of hearing about him, but at the same time, like, John Jones versus Ngong is like, let's fucking go, dude. You know what I mean? Like, that's Give an awesome fight. Even me, I'm excited for it. So, uh, yeah, man, that's that's the ideal scenario. That's the ideal situation. But we'll see what, if, like, what and if it happens. With with John and with the UC and all the, all the drama with Ngannou and, and Stipe, like, this division is so fucked up for the top, man. It is so fucked up. I feel bad for everybody else, but, um, yeah, man. That's not the only piece of news, though, Angel. We got a we got a huge, huge fight announcement. Not too many bigger than this one. Well, actually, I guess it's two fight announcements. I guess one of them is not official yet, but one of them is. We'll start off with the one that is official. UFC 281 
going down to Mecca, Madison Square Garden in New York City in November. As bad as good as it gets, dude. Like this is this is this is the the, the one of the biggest arcs of Izzy's career. He's gonna be taking on Alex Pajaya. He's making the quick turnaround. He just fought last month. He's already got a fight booked. It's gonna be his third one this year. Obviously, dude, we knew this fight was coming, but now that it's official, what are your thoughts, man? I didn't think it'd be this quick, man. I'll be honest with you. I knew it was it was gonna probably happen at some point, but I didn't think it'd be this quick. Less than a year, right? Correct. Holy yeah, shit. I mean, Alex made his debut at MSG last year. Oh, so there you go. At the end of last year? Yeah. yeah, at the end of last year. So one year later, he's he's fighting for the title. I mean, this is this is the fight, man. This is the fight for Izzy. It's the one that they both wanted. Yep. And for Izzy, dude, I think this is like... You know what this shows, mo- Josh? Huh? This shows the UFC can write any narrative they want. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. I mean, that's... That's the way that it's been, though. You know what I mean? But this makes it so blatantly, disgustingly bad, though. <laughs> well, yeah, and I agree, but a lot of people don't necessarily care. Oh, I mean, that'll be a good fight. That's, that's uh, a- uh, look. We're probably the only people who like said it, but like the fact that they fast tracked like Pahea has never really sat well with me. But same. He did have to win the fights to get there, you know. But even then, from day one, I, I'm, I mean, I called this shit. Like, literally, to, damn near to a T. I said that he's going to fight two cans. Grant, he didn't fight cans. I mean, Andreas Machildis was kind of a cane fighter in the UFC anymore. But Bruno Silva's a good guy, you know. Um, not top of the team, but he's a good guy. And then I said he's going to fight two cans and then fight Darren Till. He fought one can, one okay guy, and then Sean Strickland. So I, I was right there, you know. The way you win. Um, and Sean Strickland. And Sean Strickland. But um, it's interesting, right? Because I don't like the fact that Fast Track the head, but Angel, like, there are moments in great fighters' careers where, like, it's a turning point for them. This is Izzy's point where, like, he's stepping up to the place. It's, it's like, the bottom of the ninth, you know? Like, it's yeah. he, they need to score the run, dude. Like, this is the moment where, like, he's lost twice to this guy. And I understand it's a kickboxing, but fans don't really care. Fans didn't watch either one of those fucking fights, so they don't even know. They show that Paya won the ball. And he's fighting this guy. It's going to be in the UFC. He's defends his title. He can earn another title defense, but it's more than that. He can get redemption. He can redeem himself for his last couple of fights that have been meh. You know what I mean? This is the big one where it's going to be like, if he wins this, he's, boom, he's right there in, like, the all-time great discussion. Even if he wasn't already there already, which I think he was, he has so much potential to, to take him forward. You know what I mean? Um, it is an excellent fight, especially on the feet. Uh, like I said, uh, I still don't know how I feel about them fast-tracking it. It does feel a little bit scummy, but I don't know, man. I, I think, like, this is still an excellent fight. I'm still very excited for it. But, yeah, man, that's not the only fight that's uh, rumored for MSG. In fact, they have another huge one, and they, obviously we don't know the full extent of this one. This one's not been confirmed. They said they're targeting MSG, but obviously in this in this business, until it's signed, it's not it's not official. Yep. We did talk about John Jones, but uh, apparently the UC is looking at Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier. To not only you know take place, they wanted that shit to be five rounds. Yeah, they want that shit to be five rounds. Yep. What do you think about that one? It's a banger, man. Those guys have serious beef, and like they say, you know, it's 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 a better fight when it's when they, when it's a real fight, you know, that the guys actually don't like each other. Yeah, for sure, and they do not like each other. Obviously, 
Uh, I don't remember which card it was recently, but Dustin went ahead and went and confronted Chandler. Uh, they had some words. And, um, yeah, man, I, I'm very, very excited for this fight. I mean, it, it's the one that makes the most sense to make, I think. And the, the interesting part is is that despite both these guys kind of being a bit up there in age, um, and they both had some wars recently, Make your money. Winner, winner might get a title shot, Angel. That's depending scary. On how, yeah. Yeah, depending on how Charlie Olives. I, I, see, that's that's tough for Dustin. A three, what is it, two title shots, and he's lost both. I mean, he did. He won the interim title against Max. He did. He did. And then he lost to Habib, and then he worked his way back, and then he lost to uh, Charles Oliveira. So. Yep. Um, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I think I think it depends. I mean, I don't want to say this is for sure title eliminator because I think a lot of it depends on how Gomrot versus. Daryush, um, Daryush goes, and I th- but I think if Gamra wins a, wins that one, which I think he will, I don't think he'll get a title shot. Which you know, which I mean, I, I kind of get it, right? Because that'd be what second ranked win. Yeah, and also the Saryukian win was like really controversial. So it was a banger of a fight. It was a banger of a fight, but still, it was a bad decision. <laughs> I, I think a lot's gonna ride on how he performs in the, uh, the 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 Neil fight and whether or not he gets a lot of traction from that. You know what I mean? Because obviously, if he gets like a sick finish. You know, gets a big highlight, gets it on ESPN, you know, people are getting into him, Instagram blows up, you know, he he, he has that wave, you know what I mean? There's there's factors like that that I think can play, come into play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot of factors going on in 155 right now. That's a division that's kind of uh, in, in a state of flux, but, um, you know, we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. As far as... As far as the, the, the top of it goes, obviously we got Charles Oliveira and Makachev fighting in October, and this fight would happen like right afterwards in November. So it, we'll see what happens, man. Regardless, it is an excellent fight, and so is Easy versus Pahey. They are, we've got. I, I don't really want to talk bad about it, but we've had some interesting. It's been an interesting year for UFC pay per views, man. We've had some light cards. We've had some not so light cards. They're going heavy to end the year, though. They're going heavy to end the year. October and November, just excellent. So. Um, as far as as far as MMA and boxing news go, anything else we can talk about before we close out, man? No, oh, nothing off the top of my head, man. I think we highlighted everything specifically. Obviously, you know, you're a rock hard for Bo Nickel tonight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but outside of that, I think uh, I'm just excited to come back, man. Next week we got a pay per view, which is fucking crazy to me. That quick, we're we're gonna be seeing each other again, Josh. Uh, oh. for Kamara versus Leon, doesn't seem like that's next week, does it? No, it doesn't. Um, it's coming up quick, dude. I mean, they, partially because they had UFC like uh, what UFC two seventy seven. Like they they packed in two pay per views last month, and then we got the one coming up right up now. And then you know, we're still we're we're like only a month away from the next one, like <laughs> from Chamaya Diaz. Like like they have pay per views coming in quick succession. So yeah, dude, um, they're, they're treating us good this year, man. They treated us good. I cannot complain. Yeah, for sure, man. But. I believe that's all we got to talk about. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, I'm at Josh Shimanoff on Twitter. He's at AndrewTicket underscore 01. Uh, at Courtside Sound for all things related to the show. Rogue Energy, phenomenal sponsor of the show. Courtside uh, Sound. If you want to use the code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off, get yourself something nice. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.